3: Welcome to CEO Coach. This is Jillian Music with my partner, Ann Kennedy. I'm the co-founder of Moz, and Anne is the author of Global Search Engine Marketing. Together, we are serial entrepreneurs helping online companies to launch, grow, pivot, and
4: thrive. Find out more about what we do at OutlinesVenture.com. Good morning, Anne. Good morning, Jillian. How are you on this fine morning? Fantastic. How about you? Very well, thank you. Great. I see that we've got on our agenda
3: today this idea of the things that successful people know, the secrets that they know about how they operate in their lives that most other people really don't. Actually, nobody else does. If you know them, you can become more successful. So what have we
4: got on our list? Oh, there are so many. Um, And, you know, I was intrigued with the idea of them being secrets because some of them are just such simple truths. But uh, Jeffrey James, who's a contributing editor at Inc. Magazine, compiled this into an article. And as usual, we'll pop the link up on the Facebook page. They actually come from a book he wrote called Business Without the BS. And I'm shortening that last <laughs> thing because we can't say that on radio, although maybe on internet radio we can. I don't know. But uh <laughs> Anyhow, um, it, he has a book and we'll also put the uh, link to where to find the book as well. So he broke it down into a group of perspectives. And the first one is, let's start with you. And I don't mean you, Jillian. I mean, you, our listener, pre- presumably a uh, CEO If a startup company or a small company, or maybe even a successful company. And maybe some of these will uh, resonate with you. First group is managing your emotions. Now, what does emotion have to do with business? You would well ask that question. Actually, if you're in charge, it has a lot to do with your business. So Mm -hmm. first optimism, how do you become more optimistic? There are days when business looks kind of blue, maybe a little gray, you know? And so how do you manage, how do you make yourself more optimistic? Expect something wonderful, no matter how small, to happen each day.
3: Okay, so that takes actually an awful lot of mind effort, Anne. Um, One cannot, if you will, force optimism. And one, I know that there is this saying that literally if you paste a smile on your face, if you move your mouth into the shape of a smile and then you permit your eyes to do the same, right? You literally force that. It's difficult to remain blue or sad. You know, it somehow follows that muscle. So I understand that it is possible to, if you will, mold your mind to expect something. But I would suggest it's more like Alcoholics Anonymous. You fake it till you make it. Um, I would agree that there is also an interesting piece here around causation and correlation. Um, the question is, we know that, that optimism is correlated with successful uh, startup entrepreneurs. But whether they are causative is intriguing. So I don't actually know whether there's a causation there.
4: Very interesting. And I'm hoping that someday somebody will do some studies on this if, if it, they haven't been done already. I The way I look at it is it doesn't have to be a big, wonderful thing. It doesn't have to be that uh, finally closing that big deal you've been working on. It could be just a little thing like the sun breaks in the clouds, and I'm not being woo-woo here. I'm just mm-hmm. saying you, if the more you look for a wonderful thing to happen each day, the more you expect it, the more they will be simply because you have reframed the definition in your head right. of, of your expectations. I, I would postulate that from a business point of view, um, one might say
3: expect something positive to happen each day. And you could relate it to your business. You can relate it to other things as well. But it is uh, this idea that if you expect it, really what we're saying is look for it. Something good does happen every day. Something good does move forward every day. If you can identify it, then you can expand on it, right? If you can't see it, you can't track it. If you can't track it, you can't improve it. That kind of brings it down to a business uh, process. And so perhaps this optimism is really about the capability to identify what is
4: working well and then amplifying it. Okay. So what else? Well, this is the golden rule that has been around for millennia. Treat people as you would like to be treated. Mm -hmm. Simple truth, but it works. It really works. And I think that to get, uh, Assuming that other people mean well, even if they don't agree with you, they're operating from some point of view of uh, good intention for something. So if you you take those two things together, that can really color how you treat people um, and how you lead your company.
3: So that's interesting too. Just recently, we're working with a startup where they're just kind of hitting the, the beginning strides. Now, certainly they are not, you know, profitable and all of that yet and so on, but they're just beginning that little curve up the hill of that hockey stick. As such, other companies are now reaching out to them kind of in droves and for the first time saying, Oh, we'd like to do this joint marketing with you. We'd like to some, address something on your Facebook, uh, you know, fans. We'd like to put post something on your website and so on and so forth. It's like, Oh, that's very flattering. We know that everybody who is approaching this company does so because they'd like to further their own company. They're doing it to market their own products, sell something, improve their own lot. But it doesn't mean that they're doing it from a bad place. It means that while they are coming to you saying, well, yes, we'd like to further our own uh, good stature here by working with you, you also have to look for the good in it. Then you can weed through that whole collection and say, okay, and which ones will help us move forward as well? And even if we can't get moved forward by helping out this other smaller company, well, in the broader sense, if you are the center of that conversation in any industry or, uh, you know, you know, thought process and so on by helping everybody, whether it directly helps your own company or not, you have done that golden rule thing. You've treated them well, given them a hand up, and that all comes back to roost on your own brand. I like the bit about avoid depressing other people. That was a good one. I see that on our list, Anne. And yeah, I'd say sure thing. You you can just crash everything and everybody by just being depressed.
4: And so avoid it, or if you happen to have a clinical depression, let's get serious here for a moment, please get it treated. Mm-hmm. Recognize it because of its um, symptoms. And mostly it doesn't
3: really, it's not usually symptomatic of just sitting around and being sad. Usually it's around being short-tempered, having a short expen- uh, attention span, um, outbursts of anger. Uh, or a malaise and a grayness that just says, I can't really get deeply involved. The passion is gone. When those kinds of things happen, it is clinical depression. Go seek help immediately and talk about those kinds of symptoms. Make sure you're not glossing over on it.
4: Okay. Yeah.
3: What's next?
4: How to eliminate stress. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a huge amount of literature on that, and we have done several uh, uh, episodes on dealing with stress because stress is a fact of life in particularly the startup world. I yeah. think we were referring yesterday to uh, feeling um, sometimes like we're on those mechanical bulls <laughs> where you don't know which way <laughs> it's going to turn. You just hang on. Mm-hmm. So so to manage stress, what this author suggests is cultivate patience in yourself and perspective to let go of results might be counterintuitive, but focus on what you're doing now rather than the results. And this is kind of like the Zen archer. I remember talking to a woman years ago who had just sold a software company for a huge amount of money. And she was having a a, a year off to just do whatever she wanted. And we we're having coffee one day. And, she, and I said, well, how did you do it? And she said, it's like Zen archery. If you do everything correctly, the arrow will go to the center of the target. So instead of watching that target so closely, focus on doing every piece that you have control of the way that it should be done. So that's
3: interesting, Anne, because just recently we did a show on things like, you know, the six lists people are supposed to uh, create on kind of a daily basis or, or help to have them around them on a daily basis. One of them was about long-term goals. And I do think that one of the interesting things about that is that you can write down such long-term goals and then put it aside. Don't refer to those kinds of things on a daily basis. And that's kind of what this is about. Stop keeping your eye on that long-term ball all the time and focus on what you're doing now, knowing that you've already set the path in motion. I think that's quite good. And the next one is about overcoming fear. And before we take a break here at CEO Coach, let's uh, see if we can get that
4: done. What is it? Overcoming fear. Overcoming fear, if you're operating from fear, you're not going to get it done. Fear is is a useful emotion only when it keeps you from putting your hand in the fire, okay? So mm-hmm. what you want to do is confront your fears head on, whatever your fears are about your business and where it's going or, or what it's doing, and then, uh, then visualize how you will deal with what frightens you. That's enormously helpful uh, to actually visualize, walk through it, it's kind of like the this, this sports uh, psychology of playing the game through before you're actually in the game. Mm-hmm. And remember, fear is a manifestation of excitement. Um, in theater, actors know that stage fright is actually what they can use to build energy to make their uh, performances much more, um, to project them more. And so that you could take that fear, that excitement, and make it work. So that's fear. All right.
3: Well, we're going to take a break here at CEO Coach. When we come back, we're going to continue on this list of the things that you should really focus on in order to be part of that group of highly successful people. What are those secrets? What do you do about them? This is Jillian Music with Ann Kennedy. We'll be right back.
2: More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. We're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on WebmasterRadio.fm.
3: Welcome back to CEO Coach. This is Jillian Music. I'm with my friend and partner, Ann Kennedy. Welcome back, Ann. Hi, Jillian. How are you today? Doing great. We're talking about a really interesting list here. Um, it, you know, starting with you, with managing your own emotions, how you project out, being positive to other people. Certainly that makes a big difference to your staff, but really to anybody with whom you have dealings. Um, folks who, sense not only your good will, but your good nature are more likely to help you promote yourself. When they're being depressed by you, they don't want to be part of you and around you, and therefore your venture won't uh, succeed. So think about that in terms of how you manage your venture. Certainly, cultivating patience and perspective, right? Let go of this idea that everything must be, you know, is it going to serve me? Is it going to serve me? Does it serve me now? Does it serve me tomorrow? Does it serve my long term goal? You know, write those lists down, put them aside, and focus on the task at hand. Focus on being good at what you're doing and with whom you are right now. And then finally, we talked about overcoming fear, which is confronting head-on those things that, if you will, make you nervous. Nervousness is energy, and this is about the energy of excitement, being intellectually aware that this is what's going on helps you to get past that fear. And I often, well, a friend of mine often said years ago, it is not the light and the success that frightens us. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. It's not the, the, the uh, darkness, rather, and the um, lack of success, the failure that frightens us, but rather the light, and the success, because we don't know how to deal with that. So what we're saying is it's really always about fear of the unknown. If you can project yourself into the space in which you are successful, then you can get past this struggling phase in which it appears that you're not successful, not successful, not successful. But each time you're not successful, you're not successful at a higher level. Sounds to me like there's success there, right? But often I do see if you will, small entrepreneurs, not necessarily only early stage, but those who've gotten quite into a rut, being comfortable with the struggle. They know it. They're good at it. They can keep their heads just above water. What they cannot do is break through to that great success because in the end, they're a little bit frightened of it, sometimes a lot frightened of it. They don't know it and they don't know how to deal with it. So put yourself in the position of being successful. Keep thinking about that and you will become more comfortable with it. Now, Let's talk about bosses, Anne.
4: Ah, great bosses. In other words, let's talk about managing employees. What are the secrets that great bosses know? Okay, great bosses believe that their businesses are ecosystems. And that just make framing it that way engenders cooperation rather than fighting. It's an ecosystem. It exists like the biosphere and great bosses see it that way. They cooperate, they don't fight. They treat people as individuals in their communities. Rather than managing a number, you're managing individual people. And that point of view is so important. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. Uh, My husband
3: uh, worked for many years with the Boeing company. And he had somebody uh, who was a colleague, uh, you know, a boss of about a 1000 people. And he said that guy knew not only the name of every individual who worked under him, but their spouses, their children, the little league games they played in who knows the fact that the dog passed away last week, an extraordinary memory. We know that um, politicians have that sort of thing where they can often remember a great deal of names and material around a human face and so on. Not everybody has that skill set, but working towards it, if you will, helps you to remember these are individuals and learn more and more about those individuals. Certainly you will manage your teams better. Here's
4: another another thing great bosses do. They view management as service. In Mm. other words, they work for their employees, not the other way around. Mm-hmm. Having owned companies, you and I know this is very, very true. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I, owners-
3: that, yeah, I talk to CEOs about that a lot, right? And so do you, that the prime directive of the CEO is to build value for the corporation, but their primary activity is to provide all the tools and toys their uh, people need, their teams need to play at the top of their
4: game. At- Absolutely, and that's another important point is the technology to ha- to use uh, effective technology to eliminate busy work, struggling mm-hmm. with things that don't work, letting things get too old. Uh, your team's time is really your money when you are a CEO. Oh,
3: evidently, yes, absolutely, absolutely.
4: Another so- thing that great uh, bosses do is they manage- they motivate with vision because mm-hmm. fear... Reference, the first segment, fear can uh, only paralyze people, whereas vision can lead them right up over the hill, singing. That's true. Absolutely. And um, we've
3: seen that time and again, everything from, you know, the art of war to uh, business, uh, it, it's constantly correct. So let's move on. How do you do things like
4: create loyal, effective employees? one way is to adapt your style to each person. So each person mm-hmm. um, feels their own value in your, your view. Uh, you mentioned politicians before. One of the remarkable things about many successful politicians, including most of our presidents is that when you're in a conversation with them, you are the only person in the room, no matter how many people are there. Uh, so it's that focus. Now, as far as uh, other ways to create effective, Im- loyal employees, it is measure what's truly relevant. You know, don't get too f- fussed about a lot of other details. Focus on what is truly relevant to the performance you need from that person and measure that. Mm-hmm. That
3: makes Stay- all kinds of sense, right? Staying very focused not only on the person, but what is required of that person. And don't, uh, don't make
4: them addled and don't make them frightened. Okay stay even tempered. This is so critical. Whatever upsets you, you shouldn't, you don't need to lay that on your employees. Uh, I like to say I don't work for screamers. I've had my share in the past <laughs> and I just walk away from them because if, if a, mm-hmm. a boss can't control his emotions to get me to see what it is that uh, he would he or she would like me to do, um, I, it's not worth sticking around. And I think that people work much better for people who are even tempered. This is not to say that you don't express your passion for something. I mean, you still, there. there is a place for your passion and emotion, but keeping an even tempered as the leader of a company is critical because that will keep the company on an even keel.
3: Yes, absolutely. And um, and people, again, pass the minimum viable paycheck. People don't have to work for anybody anymore. You want to hire the best and the brightest. You better have a corporate culture that attracts the best and the brighter. And that culture is top down. It starts with you as the leader, the CEO, the COO, CTO, and so on. It starts in the C suite and it moves down from there. If you cannot keep an even temper, if you can't support your people emotionally and physically, if you can't give them those tools to play at the top of their game, they don't need to work for you. Right? They'll take 10, 20, 30,000 less and
4: they'll go work somewhere else. And the way that you hire top performers is by knowing exactly what you're looking for, and be constantly seeking viable candidates. Mm-hmm. Look for char- <laughs> character more than skills. Look for culture fit. We talk about a lot about that, don't we, Jillian? Yes. More, more than experience, yeah. and seek resilience and self motivation.
3: Okay, so we're looking for a basic intelligence. We're looking for the ability to learn on the job if we're not going to get every skill set we want. But what you've mentioned there is very interesting. You're saying look for character, the character of the human being, right? The culture fit. Does that character work with our culture? And you're looking for resilience and motivation. Resilience. Because if you want to be pushing the envelope constantly, then you are constantly failing, failing fast, failing often, and getting to success. That resilience is going to be an important uh, element of the character of the person you're looking for. You're looking for resilience, and you're looking for self-motivation. You should not be micromanaging. Therefore, you're going to need self-motivated people working with you on your team. Okay. So what's next, Anne?
4: I think what's next is a break because we have these sponsors who want to say something to all these wonderful people listening to us. Sounds good. We'll take a break here at CEO Coach. When we come back, we're going to finish up this
3: list and give you some hot tips about learning the secrets of what really successful people know.
2: More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investments. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at box speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com.
3: Internet Marketing, Inc. designs fully integrated digital programs that improve brand experiences and grow businesses through valuable data insights and strategy across all types of media. Paid, owned, and earned. Their digital experts nimbly adapt strategy by providing you a comprehensive view of your brand's online audience and program performance. If you are looking for a data-driven approach to online marketing and advertising, call Internet Marketing, Inc. today at 866-563-0620 or visit InternetMarketingInc.com.
2: We're back with Julian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on WebmasterRadio.fm.
3: And welcome back to CEO Coach. and we've been talking about what the secrets are that successful people know, in particular, successful entrepreneurs. Let's keep going.
4: All right, what we drew this from is a secrets of success compiled by uh Ink's uh, contributing editor Jeffrey James in his book Business Without the BS and I'm shortening that to the uh initials. Um it, there are a lot of great tips on managing communications and um all of the managing LinkedIn for your personal brand. You know, we've we've done a lot of episodes on that. A couple of things that he was talking about managing employees that I think are uh, really worth mentioning. um, How to offer criticism. How do you offer constructive criticism? Obviously, as a leader, you will have uh, opportunities to want to redirect how somebody's performing. And one of the way to offer uh, constructive criticism is to first address an undesirable behavior before it happens. In other words, set up, you know, standards, that should be part of your culture anyway. And it- right here. We do this. We don't do that. Exactly. Okay. And then if you see an undesirable behavior, start with something that you can praise something to ease the entry, and then identify which part of the behavior is undesirable, and then come to agreement with that employee about what will be done, what plan can be put in place to change that behavior, and then monitor and reinforce it. It's it's a step-by-step method of offering constru- constructive criticism rather than offering the kind of criticism that just drives people down and makes them fearful and paralyzes them and they won't do their best work for you.
3: Totally makes sense. So you uh, set up clear expectations because the corporate culture um, you know, expects them. You make it plain and um, explicit, not implicit as to what you expect. If you find stuff that you need to improve – You offer praise about what is working first. You identify what isn't working. You agree on a plan with your employee as to what will happen, how you will monitor it, and how you will reinforce it, and then
4: you do so. Got it. All right. What's next? How do you redirect a complainer? We've all known complainers. Sometimes they're valid. Sometimes they're just professional complainers. Maybe it's, I don't know, something they have to do. So you want to be respectful. Remember, we treat people as individuals. We treat them respectfully as we would like to be treated. So listen respectfully. Ask for a a plan to correct whatever the complaint is about. And if you start hearing a sentence that begins, a reply that begins with, yeah, but just end the conversation right there because it's going nowhere and you're done.
3: Makes all sense. of um, sense. I would say try not to hire those complainers and you want to listen carefully during interviews and ask leading questions for that. But if you find someone who is complaining and has no plan for it, then again, it's kind of referring to that corporate culture. Here, we look for solutions. We don't complain about problems. Sounds a little bit like you're complaining about a problem today. Um, come back as soon as you've got your solution.
4: Indeed. Okay. And then along the same lines, firing, tell it straight, no biz, blabber, blah, 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 you know. and so, But be empathetic. Explain as much as you can legally. Cut quickly and move on. Yep. Don't hang around. Right. So that would be one of the... Serious secrets of successful people that
3: they uh, do know when to cut it. And that would be around people who are either complaining or not uh, meeting the mark of the expectations of the company. And you do that quickly. So we always say hire slowly, fire quickly. All right. So as we wrap up here, um, what are these kind of great tips that you could pull out?
4: What would you say are the hottest ones? My hottest tips are fairly basic, one is be yourself because mm-hmm. if you're a leader of a company, yourself is probably pretty awesome, even if some days you don't feel like it. Uh, number two, remember the golden real, rule. Treat people the way you would like to be treated yourself. Mm-hmm. Can't go wrong with that one. Keep it simple and be direct. Eschew the business blab, blab blabber. <laughs> blabber. anyway, I can't even say it. (laughs) Totally agree. Simple and direct
3: as to the business (laughs) blather. Got it. (laughs) So I would agree with all of those things. Um, I would say that uh, there are kind of this, you know, communications based on what they call the five rules of business communications. You know your reason. Whatever it is that you're doing, know the reason you are doing it. Right? And sometimes your reason is because it's the right thing to do. It doesn't always have to have a business furthering reason. That's that bit about focusing on the uh, subject at hand. Pick a medium that's appropriate for your listener. In other words, there are auditory learners, there are visual learners, there are kinesthetic learners, there are listeners who can take in you know, two bits of information and need to have it dripped in every five, ten seconds or whatever. There are those who can go on for hours. Pick the medium appropriate to your listener. Simplify your message. Make your expectations explicit and then keep consistent about them. Really simple stuff. This is what we expect. Edit out the buzzwords in the corporate speak. That's what Ann just said. Yep, simple and direct. And then avoid the jargon unless the others are fellow experts. I do that all the time when I talk about uh, you know, optimizing people's speeches and so on all these little sniglets and um, abbreviations and and that sort of thing. Nobody knows what the heck you're talking about. So pull it down, speak to people, remember to respect your audiences, whether it's an audience of one or 1,000 or 100,000. They have their expertise as you have yours. They are wise enough to have hired you to speak to them about your expertise. Don't talk down to them. And with that, Anne, I think we're going to wrap it up here at CEO Coach. We'd like to thank our producers at Webmaster Radio FM for their support. You can download these shows through webmasterradio.fm, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitchers, and so many other places around the web. You can find links to all the things we've referenced here today and more at facebook.com slash CEO Coach Podcast. Again, Facebook.com slash CEO Coach Podcast. Stop by, hit the like button so we know you're out there. Tell us what you'd like to hear on CEO Coach. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jillian Music with my partner Ann Kennedy. Find out more about how we help companies to launch, grow, pivot, and thrive at outlinesventure Till next week.